Hang on! Chris yelled over the sound of the surging snowmobile engine. Wesley had already reached the edge of the lake and was charging a route into the open. Chris gave a holler and willed their sled onto the ice. She could hear the hollow thud of the tracks as they made contact with the blackened ice below, and they were away. The wind swept up around them, the engine wailed, and she buried her face into Chris's coat and worried to keep safe the broken glass that she mended together in the face of her doubt. Despite her fear, too fragile for all of this altogether, not safe, she whispered. The boys made wide arcs in the canvas of snow, delighted in the freedom of the open expanse, and cut a course vaguely south in the direction where the lake narrowed and disappeared behind distant shoulders of hills. Wesley was just disappearing behind the white outstretch of shore when she lifted her eyes above Chris's shoulder and marveled. How truly alone they were now. She welcomed this thought as it made her fear seem small and far away. With Wesley now vanished into the narrows beyond, there was no other focus of sight. If they were to stop, and the wind and engine stilled, she knew it would be absolutely silent, still, and together. Rounding the bend, they could see Wesley come into view. He appeared to have come to a stop at the head of a long, dark streak, like spilled oil that stretched behind. Another moment passed she considered what appeared to be an uncanny tilt to Wesley's snowmobile. And then she realized, with horrible certainty, the oily streak was, in fact, the dark belly of the lake itself. This dark fear lasted only for an instant, replaced by the crack of ice, the sharpness of cold water, and then terror of an immense darkness below the ice, below the snow. Silence now. An infinite silence emanated around her slowly sinking form. A darkness embraced her as if it had been waiting for her all this time and was at last united with her. But life began its struggle again. She found herself. It was the will for breath. To wrench herself from this crushing emptiness was her one crystal thought. Her lungs convulsed by the terrific cold, inhaled the dark oily lake, and in that moment something hard smashed against her nose and front teeth. On the surface, Chris was breathing his first frigid gulps of air, realizing only then how immensely cold he was. His lungs strained to breathe the most shallow of quick successive breaths. His feet, kicking back and forth, kept him tenuously to the surface, back and forth, and then hit something solid, soft, human flesh. A moment later, and he was pulled under the ice. They sank below the surface, two blackened forms under the ice. Anna strained her way up to the white light, clawed her way, the cuff of Chris's pant leg, his back pocket, his loose jacket. She dragged him down towards herself. She forced her way to the light. Nearly to the surface, Chris grasped her ankle. He held it there, a frozen moment. Anna's lips pursed nearly to the surface. Then Chris, with a strong upward thrust, pushed her up and up and out. In the act of launching her up, the impassive laws of nature pushed him further into the abyss. Chris had leveraged her hard enough to allow her torso to clear the edge of the hole so that she was flung fish-mouthed onto the surface of the ice. Their lungs filled with lake water. She first gasped out her mouth before her lungs could inflate at the last and fill it all. With her legs still dangling over the edge, she took her first real gasps of air, rasping aching heaves of breath. She returned at last to a sort of consciousness familiar to us. 
Still heaving her breath, she swung her legs clear of the water, rolled, stood, and turned to the hole. She found Chris surfaced. He stared up at her, blinking his face white, his lips blue. His breath came in shallow shards of exhausted tufts of steam that rose to mingle with the mist that lingered around the surface of the oily gash. Okay, he asked. She considered the simple question that came as if from a faraway world. Okay, she pondered, as if it were a moon rock. I noticed then that she'd become curiously warm. Her nose tingled and was beginning to throb. She rubbed it with the back of her hand where it left a streak of blood. Okay, she said. Wes, just let it go! Chris shouted in the direction of his brother, Wesley. Wesley still sat perched on his sled, teetering on the edge of the other hole in the ice. Oblivious to the scene that had unfolded behind, he continued to rev the engine of the half-submerged sled in a desperate attempt to free it from the broken ice. On hearing his brother shouting, he abruptly stopped and turned round. What the fuck? You need to get the hell out of there! He turned the key in the ignition. The engine coughed and shut off. He hopped from the snowmobile onto the ice and froze, transfixed where he stood above the creaking and groans of the ice floor under him. His snowmobile noiselessly slid backward into the steaming cauldron and quickly sank. Chris positioned himself to the edge of the hole and with his elbow began to pull his body up. But the ice cracked, broke and gave way under his weight. He was again treading in the dark, watery hole. He resurfaced and returned again to the lip of the ice. He positioned his right forearm and left hand on the surface. With a fierce struggle, he slowly strained to leverage his way onto the open ice, kicking and pivoting his legs to leverage himself higher. Forcing his body forward, he brought the full extent of his torso onto the ice surface. But as he was pivoting his hips to draw his leg to the opening, the ice cracked. Anna stepped back as the ice gave way in front of her. She watched as Chris clambered and strained back into the dark clutches of the cold water. A woeful, defeated sigh rose from his lips, a final expression of utter defeat as he sank into the mouth of the hole. You can't go, she whispered. I can't let you go. Try again, Chris! Wesley knelt as near to the broken ice as he dared with his useless outstretched hand held in the direction of the hole. Anna looked down to her feet, where they stood still and fixed on the ice. She noticed then that she wore only one boot, the other foot clothed in a wet sock that stretched comically across the ice like a deflated balloon. She could see that the ice here was of a darker color. She noticed the suggestion of the current below the ice that flowed in the direction of the little bridge that arched across an airing of the lake, where Lac du Barrage merged with Lac Grande. She could see that it flowed gently but insidiously under the snow. She noticed the same current gently nudging Chris to the far extremity of the icy gash. His lip quivering, his breath jagged and uneven, Chris looked up at Anna and searched her face. She could see he was slowing, his mind easing, resigned and contemplative, and the light that shone only moments before extinguished, replaced then by a glassy gaze. Her lips now moved for something to say. The horrible truth of it all left her to only stand silent, dumbfounded, and helpless. She could see icicles had begun to form along the ridges of Chris's eyebrows and at the tips of his wet, prickling hair. 
She saw then that he was sinking lower into the water. His head arched and his neck stretched. He appeared to be looking beyond her now, gazing at something entirely less distinct, with eyes blurring at the horizon beyond where dreams bend reality into that which is best, where the universe becomes both tangible and malleable to the touch, and above all, radiant and good. No, you don't. She blurted her voice, cutting across the open expanse. Don't you go. His eyes flashed with the returning light, and almost smiling, he said gently, Don't worry. Still treading the surface, he was unaware of his slipping. His ears submerged, slow sinking. He no longer could hear her urging. Couldn't hear his brothers cursing at him. With his lips just skimming the surface of the water, he watched Dana's anxious face silently screaming and falling away. It's going to be okay, he heard his voice echoing in the chambers where his dreams awakened. It's okay. His kick slowed. His shakes were easing. Something about him was altogether more peaceful in that moment as the waters cleared clean and closed its veil. And all was quiet on Lac du Barrage. He's not gone, she whispered. She could see him there, still shimmering and present just below the cold river, its current passing gently over his upturned lips, eyes wide open. She dropped to her knees, and with a sound that came from somewhere deep in her belly, she reached into the darkness to grasp a curtain of hair. No, you don't. Through gritted teeth, she pulled his serene face to the surface, blank and peaceful. And then, as if the air brought him sense, Chris exploded into life. Sputtering and coughing, he returned an arm to the ice surface, and heaved for breath like an animal caught in a trap of snare. His body savage, and yet somehow still alive. Still alive, she murmured through chattering teeth. Here, she said simply, take my hand. It was all he could do, it seemed, to reach up his arm, made heavy by the sodden coat. But he met her hand with his. He grasped hold and let her ease his body up. It was a near effortless thing, she thought, as she watched his torso, his blue jeans, and a pair of feet come cascading onto the surface. He came to rest a wet bulk, enmeshed and entangled with hers in an entwinement of limbs. They lay still. She watched the current below the ice flow soundlessly in the direction of the little bridge that arched across a narrowing of the lake where Lac du Barrage merged with Lac Grand. She could see that it flowed gently under the snow, and all was quiet on Lac du Barrage. <laughs>